Exceeding Expectations, episode 99. Welcome to Exceeding Expectations, the podcast where we give you ideas on how to give your customers a better experience. And in this week's episode, we speak with a guy called Nathaniel Zebril, who has a, a quite remarkable life. And I say life, he's actually been pronounced dead six times. And what he has gone through is quite astounding and 99% of people on the planet would simply wouldn't have been able to get through it. And so he tells us about that and how he, he's used his experiences to inspire and motivate people all around the planet. He's been he's spoken on stages in many different countries. So we're going to hear from Nathaniel in just a few minutes. As I said, this is the podcast where we aim to give you ideas and how to give your customers a better experience and so you can enjoy your work more as well. If you do like this episode, please do share it with anyone who you feel could really benefit from some of the wisdom shared. And why not subscribe and leave a review for us as well. Time for this week's show. Exceeding expectations. And my guest today is Nathaniel Zurbrug. How are you, Nathaniel? Hey everybody, I'm so fine. Thank you so much for having me today, Tony. That's okay. And you're in, um, in Zurich, you said? Absolutely, the beautiful promised land in Switzerland. <laughs> it, I mean, and it's, it is a, a real beautiful place. And you, we were obviously speaking before we started recording and you told me you grew up in, was it in the Alps? You said you grew up? Yeah, it's, uh, it's in the Alps. It's a town called uh, Alborden. Um, mm-hmm. The more popular town known by people is Interlaken, which is close by. I was growing up in uh, Ardborn until up to, um, what was it, 20, 23 years old. And then uh, I moved to Sydney, Australia for four and a half years. Okay. And then I returned in uh, 2017. And since then, I'm living in Zurich. And what, why did you go to Sydney? Um, so I attended a leadership college mm-hmm. for three years. Um, I yeah. wanted to learn about more about leadership and business and the organization and how to build it up. And um, so that's what I did in Sydney. And then the other year after finishing college, Mm-hmm. Or one and a half years, almost one and a half years, I uh, started to build up my organization, started as a global inspirational speaker, and Victoria's mentor. And so how did that come about? How did you begin? What, what was the inspiration to, to help you start speaking and to, to do what you, you were doing as the mindset? Um. So my idea was actually that I wanted to use my incredible life story, which mm-hmm. is uh, quite long and quite um, impressive. So to make mm-hmm. sure that I, I shouldn't be alive for six times by now, according to the medical report, um, mm-hmm. many times I heard I shouldn't be able to walk, talk, and amount to anything. Mm-hmm. I had about... Um, 4,500 life-saving treatment for the operations. And despite that, um, yeah, I just realized that no matter what health-wise is going on or what is inside us or what's going on around us, um, there's so much power when we uh, use the right mindset. 
And when I finished the college, um, mm-hmm. I had the sense of helping people, uh, firstly, to use that story to inspire people that basically, literally, nothing is impossible, but also helping them to transit from um, from a possible stuck mindset or limited mindset or limited um, health situation, um, body situation, business situation, whatever limited situation you transit mm-hmm. into a a life of having victory over the circumstances and the struggles. And uh, that's basically why I do what I do today. And uh, it really excites me to always um, inspire people to globally traveling around to speak to people. Right now it's more like online, but um, mm. yeah, to inspire people and help them to, to transit from... Uh, limited mindset to a victorious mindset. Well, let's explore. I mean, you were talking about when, you know, so you, you came back from the dead six times. I remember reading about that about you. So how, let's go back to the start. How, what happened? What, what was it that um, was going on? Um, well, one of the, the main reason, or like basically first time I was, uh, basically the, I was diagnosed as being dead was, when I had a stroke with three years old mm-hmm. and after two weeks into being in coma, the doctors told my parents that there's no, there's nothing else that we can do. Uh, we have done everything. And uh, so imagine there was basically only the whole brain was basically just a gray patch. So it was basically unfunctional at that time, after those two weeks of coma. And my parents, so the doctors called my parents into the ICU to terminate my life because there was no more surviving change. And um, they come and um, the moment they turned off the life support machines, I started to talk again. Wow. And that was incredible for all of us. Um, I come back, I come back to life literally, but it didn't happen like I wasn't shit back for one time. I, I come back, say some words, and then go back into the coma. And then I recovered after maybe two or three weeks. Uh, yeah, I think it was two or three weeks until I was finally recovered and I was fully awake out from the coma and then that was one um, time mm-hmm. um, I had two other similar situations um, we don't know whether it was a stroke or it was a brain bleeding where all of a sudden I was like it was one time it was with like, six years old and the other time it was with around um 13 years old, that uh, I suddenly had a uh, a flashing in my head, and that was I was gone. I only awoke a couple 
how was later in the hospital. Those two times weren't that worse as it was in the beginning, the first time. Mm. And the other three times were definitely there were uh, three heavy lung infections where I shouldn't have made it through the, through the night, according to the doctors. And those were all those six events. And so why, so in, for example, you talked about the lung infections and the doctors didn't think that you would make it through. So why do you think that you were able to make it through? Um, <laughs> good question. I think um, there were a lot of um, connections and constellations with my uh, main chronic illness, which is actually uh, a genetical chronic illness that affected my kidneys with one year old and uh, the problem in my body with this chronic illness is that my immune system hasn't been properly built up when I um, got affected with one year old and so there were a lot of um, difficulties during my childhood up to until 15 years old. Uh, actually, the main, the main event happened between 1 and 15 years old. And um, so there are, especially the ones with the, the three events with the, the strokes and brain bleeding, um, mm. we actually never found out why this really happened. And the lung infections could be from, um, from having a low immune system growing up in a, in the winter environment, um, in a, maybe, yeah, there were so many things, so many constellations that's not really clear why the things happened, if that answers your question. And so how is your, how are your lungs and your immune system now? So my lungs are actually pretty good by now. I mean, I don't feel uh, much, except I have a little bit of asthma. But it doesn't, I do have, of course, I'm not fully healthy as a normal healthy person. But I really am able to do um, a lot of exercises, which I do about three, four times a week. Mm-hmm. Um I have, I really, when it comes to conditional exercises, then I do feel it, like quite um, earlier than someone else. But I'm actually really on a healthy living right now. Uh, The only thing that I don't have right now is the kidney. Um, Since uh, back 2001, when I had my last kidney transplant, so that means since 2001, I'm back on dialysis treatment three times a week for about four hours uh, each time. So in, a, so in a situation like now with the whole um, yeah, the pandemic around the world with this uh, yeah, the COVID virus, so how does that affect you? Does that make you concerned or how, how do you feel about that? No, actually, absolutely not because... I, by now, I somehow have to develop mindset that mm-hmm. I can easily deal with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm, um, I'm like really not like, 
of course, I'm taking care. I'm not. I'm trying mm. to minimize risk, but yeah. on the other side, I feel like it's been um, such. Yeah, I think it's it's uh, a lot a lot of mindset that is going on, especially mm. in the area of uh, having fear. That's mm-hmm. what I think. What's what's going on in 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 mm-hmm. uh, in us? Where it's uh, of course it's it's something new. It's something we never experienced before. And our automatic response is having fear. We don't know uh, what's happening. We we have a lot of uncertainties. But for me personally, it's like um, I got. I'm not worried about. I'm not concerned about. I know that it might seem really uncertain in the beginning, but mm-hmm. let's say maybe in five, ten years when we know more about it, we see it as a normal flu or whatever it might be. And uh, so I think it's always for me a matter of how we set the mindset. Do we, yeah. do we, um, do we activate our feelings within fear? Or do we activate our feelings within, okay, um, what can I do now to make it better? Or what can I do personally to, to make it make, make a change? And what can I do right now to look at all the good things that are happening right, right now? I mean, in every event, good and bad things happening. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of, the perspective we have, and uh, that that's my overall perspective, which I, which I, uh, yeah, that I'm not, I'm not absolutely not content. And how do you think that? How did you develop that mindset? What did it happen? I mean, can you remember a specific incident, or did it happen gradually? Um, absolutely. So the first the first time I actually started to develop a mindset like that what when I was about eight years old, eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. Um I had lost my second kidney transplant after having it for two years or two and a half years. Sorry mm-hmm. about that. Two and a half years I had the kidney transplant. Um so what that meant was like the f- between age one and seven, I was truly on dialysis three times a week. I was in hospitals a lot of times. And then I had a kidney, which meant like I could remove the dialysis treatment. I could live a healthy life. I could feed myself. I could learn about um, trying out hobbies, getting to know friends, um, enjoying the freedom, which I never knew before. So actually, everything that kids learn from age one to seven, I learned from age seven on, literally mm-hmm. said. And uh, so it was absolutely uh, amazing life, the life that I always dreamed. And mm-hmm. so what happened, the, the chronic illness break back, break back, and uh, I lost my kids again. And... At that time, I fell into a huge depression. For two weeks, I didn't talk anything. Uh, 
I didn't eat anything. I just moved around only at what, what age? What age were you then? Yeah, the, I was about uh, nine years old. Right, okay. Yeah, so nine years old. And um, I had such, yeah, all, over those two weeks, mm-hmm. all I wanted to do was to take my own life. Mm. And my parents realized at the time that something is, is absolutely wrong. They didn't know that I wanted to take my life because I, I didn't talk to them. And uh, they only found out years later. And um, yeah, so I realized that from that time that when I got help by, uh, at that time it was a professional partial care, um, I started to develop uh, an attitude of seeing the good in this negative situation, seeing mm. um, the things that I still can do, even I lost my kidney, even I have to go back three times a week to the life-saving treatment that was costing me about um, 20 hours of three times per week. And uh, seeing the good things, being grateful that even though I can still walk, I can still talk, I can still do certain things that other people might not be able to do, other kids might not be able to do. And uh, so being positive, seeing the good things and being grateful was actually those three things that I started to develop with. Uh, when I was nine years old. And so what it does within a person is the more you do it, the more you um, you basically build up an expectation of the future, which in, ter- in turn gives you a certain hope, a hope of looking beyond the, the circumstances, looking mm-hmm. beyond the, the, the situation, the struggles that are going on right now. And for me, I developed the, philosoph- the philosophy of that all things will work together for good, um, even though I might not see it right now. Mm-hmm. But if I don't see it right now, it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. And so my um, one of the my one of the most favorite statement that I have is from Napoleon Hill, which says, "There are no limitations to the mind except the ones we acknowledge it." So what I mean by that, in in terms of my point, is we either we can acknowledge the seeing the things that still could happen or just acknowledge the current situation and feel like, okay, that's it. It's never going to change. It's never going to be different. And it's amazing how we can develop that with, with, uh, with a certain sense of setting the mindset into the right direction. And so when you, you said that you, you began speaking, um, was that in your sort of early 20s that you began speaking? Um, yeah, I was about, 
It was back in 2016. I was about 26, 25, 26 years old. Okay. And, I, and how were, was that in when you were still in Sydney or was that somewhere else? Yeah. So that was actually starting out as a global inspirational speaker. Mm-hmm. And so how did, were you, what kind of audiences were you speaking to then and, and what has that changed? Who are you speaking to now? Um, so the most audience at the time was like faith-based people. Um, it was organization, non-profit, as well churches. And for me, that was just the beginning. Now I do as well to to, to business people. Um, generally, right now I'm focusing on uh, on parents that have a that have children or even one child with health limitation to help them transition from um, a hopeless mindset to a victorious mindset. And I do as well business and, yeah, mostly business and and health. And is that in just within Switzerland or in other countries as well? Uh, It's worldwide. So I've been speaking in around six countries, four continents, and um, that's been happening before the corona. I've been traveling quite a lot. Mm. Um, Right now, it's yeah, I do all kind of podcasts online around the globe, from the US to Australia to the UK, and um, yeah, that's that's global. So you, I'm, so I'm presuming that when you speak, it's usually either in English or in German. Yeah, so when I leave here, I speak Swiss German and mm-hmm. uh, otherwise English. Right. Yeah. And so with the, because apart from speaking, so you're also a mentor as well, aren't you? And, and what, how do people approach you to, to ask you to be their mentor or do you, I mean, how, how does it work? So what I do is, uh, as I previously mentioned before a little bit, I do like Victoria's Mindset Mentoring, which I basically help people to transition um, from, a, let's say, maybe somebody has a hopeless mindset or is in a difficult situation business-wise or doesn't know how to continue with their dreams and vision, help those people to transition to have a victorious mindset. Um, what that means, I have a system or a strategy that I call Four Steps to Unlimit Your Life that helps people to um, going from getting to know themselves in a way deeper level, which means finding out about their strengths, passion, and values, and transition to the next question that helped them to to figure out, hey, what, what I'm here for. And why I do that is because I realized that in today's world, there are so many people out there that having a hard time to, to be themselves, to live their lifestyle or to live their unique uh, leadership or unique passion, unique 
uh, strengths and unique values that they have. And it, I think it's more and more difficult in, in a world of where, especially in the information age that we live in, that there's so many things that we can uh, achieve that we take a stand, set boundaries, and tell ourselves or really look at ourselves to see, hey, who am I and what I'm actually here for to do that fulfills myself but as well fulfills other people. Because the problem is that when we always, when we are out there and uh, we want to fulfill other people's expectations, but we never fulfill our self-expectation, we, we all know where that's leading to. And uh, where, where, that, where I think it's, it's really important to know to, to exceed expectation for, for people is to know, well, what expectation do I have? Which mm. means, like, who am I? What am I here for? How can I give to the people? What do I need to give it to the people? Joe Maxwell said, you cannot give what you don't have. And mm-hmm. it always stuck with me. And I have, over the course of my life, I've always realized that if I don't look um, properly to my, um, let's say, with my circumstances were basically different, maybe different to yours, I was struggling with a chronic illness, I had to take care to my uh, lungs, to my kidneys, to my heart. And if I didn't do that, um, I wasn't really doing my part in this world. And later on, what I realized that there's so much more in a person, as I say, unique strength, unique passion, and unique values. And um, this is, I think, so important um, to 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 learn and to to help people, and as well to really transition to a victorious mindset. We can only have victory about the circumstance or the situation or helping or giving victory to to the people um, unless we have victory with ourselves. This reminds me, maybe before we started recording, you were telling me about a story where you were with the Your Victorious Mindset uh, mentoring, you were helping a client go the extra mile. Do you want to tell us about that story? I want to share the story from, from a client that I uh, currently have, and um, he I'm doing Victorious Mindset mentoring with him. Um, so we have about, uh, on a monthly basis, mentoring. And the other weekend, I was thinking about why not just going with him the extra mile to, to meet with him and going into the mountain to do maybe a truly how walk and just, um, yeah, find out more about him, about his personal life. Uh, of course, I know him in terms of mentoring and friendship-wise, but there's always more to know about the person than just in a, men- in a one-hour mentoring session. And so the, I could help him so much in terms of financial breakthrough. 
um, I realized that he had a lot of um, um, disbelief in terms of finances, which is absolutely okay. But over two, three hours, I could help him to to release and to to give him a different perspective about releasing the fear of a financial mindset or a new financial mindset. And uh, it was it was such a rewarding day because not only um, was it rewarding in terms to give him more without, um, of course, charging him anything, but as well um, just learning about that person and his unique passion, strengths and values he has, as well, uh, of course, enjoying the, the beautiful mountains with him um, to walk down, yeah. And there was a, another story you were talking about, you were helping a company, um, a non-profit company, who had a very small budget? Yeah, I do usually, when I go for speaking, as an inspirational speaker, I uh, usually for non-profit organization or um, organization that might be low on budget on a current low budget, I do always the third price or third of the price that I usually charge as a as a keynote speaker and uh, in honor the in 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 other companies. And what I realized actually is not is it's I have the value of of being generous to people and I, I know that anything no matter we charge that much or we charge less, uh, anything or yeah anything comes back anytime whether we charge it or not. And it's just a rewarding um, thing to do because you don't hold on to to a certain. You don't give because you want something, but you give because it adds value to the people, and mm. it adds value by the words, it adds value by the by practical examples, even by experiences to share of sharing of experiences. Um, I I always see whether I charge a lot or a third of it, how people are so grateful, living so inspired, living so um, fulfilled with a new boost of inspiration, new boost of uh, excitement of life. And it just gives me value. And um, I, I often or almost every time I have people coming up to me and say, hey, uh, individuals, saying like how they have just been um, protected by a harmful situation that they wanted to do or even people that just wanted to give up and got a new, a new um, boost of, of momentum to not give up and to keep going. And uh, so all this experience, there's no, um, how we say it, no, um, it's invaluable, so it's not not payable, and I love that um, that we are not somehow um, confirmed to something we have to to 
if we want to exceed expectations, it's, it's not in terms of it's our, it's almost invaluable. You know what I mean? Like you, you can't pay it. Um, you can't invaluable lessons. You almost can't, um, um, pay somebody for that. And I love that because it, it just, it gives so much liberation and so much freedom to, to be, um, to speak and to mentor people. What do you think of when you hear the phrase exceeding expectations? What what does it mean to you? Uh, absolutely going the extra mile um, to do more than, than the person requires or even do more than the person might think of wanting or expecting which is a huge challenge in this world. Um, but I think we, we all know are a few companies that do that who, who, um, really, um, yeah, touch the people's needs and expectations before the person even knows it. And I think that that's a really great thing to do. And, uh, it's of course a challenging thing of, um, of finding, finding out what people really need. And uh, it, think, I, it comes back to, to really getting to know people and to know ourselves as a person, what, what someone or someone in a certain situation really needs. And I think you, um, you mentioned before as well that you have, have you written a book or is it you've got an e-book? Um, I do have an ebook, yeah. uh, which, uh, which I call Four Steps to Unlimited Your Life, that um, is on my website, of course, free to download. Um, you can go through it if you want to. It's, it's a simple four steps that will help you to get to know yourself in a way deeper sense to up to creating a dream and basically yeah, living out that dream to to practically developing a victorious mindset to fully help people in terms of what you can give them, not in terms of what you uh, not can give them, but more like why you do it, why you do it. And uh, it's, it's a great book which you can download on unlimitedu.co. And what other, if people want to find out more information about you, what, um, should they, is there social media or just to go to your website or what's the best way for people to contact you? Uh, either way, best way to do is like going on the business website, which I just told you, unlimited.co, or my personal website, nathanieltrubert.com, if you want to know more about uh, my person, um, there's also my ebook available that you can download. Uh, that would be the best way to, to get connected with me. And is there, um, is there a book, apart from the, the ebook that you've written, is there a book that you often recommend to people that, that you think would help people? The book of Think and Grow Rich from Napoleon Hill. Um, it has helped me in so many ways to even. 
after all my life situations and improvement of my mindset, developing my my mindset to even more um, focusing on the mindset, what what it looks like and what it really how important it is to to live a victorious mindset. It's um that book. I mean, it's such a great book, and I think in some ways. For people who haven't read the book, the title is is a bit misleading because people would probably presume, oh, it's about getting rich, but that's not what the book is about at all. Not necessarily. I mean, it's yeah. I when I first heard of the book, I was thinking, okay, okay, it's all about um, the finances, but think and grow rich is actually we there are so many ideas in our life that we never think about to grow this um, that um, we we have to focus on to, to grow this and it can be whether it's relationship whether it's um, business wise or uh, relationship wise or um, financial wise or it, it's so many areas in our life that we can develop by the mindset and uh, the book is all about as well think and grow rich that can be applied in, in any area of life. Yeah. Yeah, and I think sometimes the title puts some people off and it which is a shame because it's a book that most people would get so much value from. Absolutely. And before we finish Nathan, is there um I, well I think you've already mentioned it. There's a quotation that you quite like, isn't there? Yeah, so it's uh, I say that the one from Napoleon Hill from the Think and Grow Rich, which says um, there is no limitation to the mind except the one we acknowledge. And it's just a beautiful quote, too. Mm. a powerful quote to to apply in our everyday life, to mm. acknowledge only the unlimited things in our life and not the limited ones. Well, Nathaniel, um, I really thank you for your time. Um, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. And um, best of luck for the future and everything that you do. Thank you so much for having me. and love to hear from anyone in the future. Thank um, you. Thank, thank you. Next week is episode 100 of Exceeding Expectations. And we are going to welcome back uh, John DeJulius. He was in episode, I think it was 16 or somewhere around that, and it was the most downloaded episode ever of this show, um, by far. It was so many, I mean, there was so much wisdom and great stories and some really useful ideas of what you could do in your business, and which is the reason why it was downloaded so many times. So I invited John to back to be the special guest on the 100th and last show of Exceeding Expectations because in two weeks time I'll be starting a brand new show and it is called Happy Versus Flourishing and we're going to explore more about happiness and contentment and enjoying life and many people kind of put off their happiness until until they get that promotion, until they buy that car, until the mortgage is paid off, until, until, until. And rather than being happy right now, it's always putting off. We're going to explore different areas around business and life and
and you know, in relationships about how other people have gone about trying to have a happy life right now as opposed to putting it off like so many people do. So that's in a couple of weeks time but next week as I mentioned will be episode 100 the last episode with John DeJulius. Hope you've enjoyed this week's show please do share it with anyone who you feel could get some benefit from Nathaniel's um, amazing stories and why not leave a, a review for us the uh if you are a subscriber you will still you'll get the new show as soon as it comes out it will still be on the same rss feed so you don't have to worry about resubscribing you can just carry on it will just carry on coming to your podcast player as normal i hope you have a fantastic week and see you next week with john